Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. We have to take a step of faith. We have to step out. And every one of us have areas where God's going to call us to steps of faith. Because guess what? The just shall live by faith. This is our life. It's not just the life of a missionary or the life of a pastor or, you know, somebody. It's the life of a Christian. It's a life of faith. It's a life of trusting God. It's a life of taking steps. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Acts. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Acts chapter 12 in a message titled, The Word Increased and Multiplied. Now, here's Pastor Brian. It says that he was arrayed in royal apparel. And what Josephus tells us is that Herod was wearing a garment that was embedded with silver. And he was there probably on on the platform at Caesarea at that large theater there that is still there today. And as the sun was uh, coming up in the morning... The sun shone on that silver and illuminated Herod, so he looked like some sort of a deity. And the people started shouting that he was a god. And as he took that praise, now Josephus doesn't tell us uh, an angel struck him down, but Josephus does say that he was suddenly smitten right there during this you know, event that he's involved in. He, he was smitten, and then five days later he died. Luke tells us that it was actually God who struck him down. So it's just an interesting connection between Josephus and Luke. And uh, Luke is a first-rate historian, and we see that the stories are almost identical. So that's the story. That's the 12th chapter. But the thing that I want to really focus in on is, again, verse 24. But the word of God grew and multiplied. The word of God advanced. Now, one of the chief objectives of the church is to see the word of God increase and multiply. That's what the church is all about. And whenever the church forgets that, loses sight of that, no longer believes that to be the case, you know what? The church just becomes absolutely useless, ineffective, and oftentimes even counterproductive in a culture. So we have to do everything we can to hold fast to the truth of God because it's through the word of God that God does his work. God's word saves the sinner and sanctifies the saint. Without the preaching of God's word, people aren't going to get saved. And without the teaching of God's word, people are not going to grow in their faith. And Paul, in writing to Timothy later, he would refer to the church as the pillar and the buttress of the truth. So a pillar is something that holds something up, and a buttress is something that was used as a defense. So it's a picture that Paul's painting for us that the church is to hold up the word of God so that all can see it, and the church is also to defend the word of God. And whenever the church doesn't do that, like I said, you have 
an unfortunate situation on your hands. So we are to believe God's word. We are to proclaim it. We are to defend it. And if need be, as we see in the lives of these men, we need to give our lives for the cause of the gospel, if that's what it comes down to. Uh, The opposition is persistent. Nothing's changed in history. There's always opposition to God's word, just like there was from the very beginning. There's opposition to God's word today. And at times it is fierce, but we are the ones in our generation that God has called to take his word to the world. That's, that's our mission. That's what we're to do. So this is what I want to do now. I want to, I want to look at five things really quickly that every one of us need to be engaged in. Because listen, where, where, whenever or however it happened that people thought that you just come to church once a week and, you know, you kind of do your duty and then that's the extent of it. However that mentality developed, uh, know this, that's the wrong mentality. That's not the biblical picture of what the Christian life is about. The Christian life is about us, each generation of Christians doing everything we can to see the advancement of the gospel. And let me tell you, I probably don't need to tell you, but let me remind you, we are in desperate, desperate need for God's word to impact the world today, to impact our culture today. Now, I just returned from London, a young lady that uh, was six months old when her parents came to our church and her dad went on to become a pastor of one of the churches in London. She was married. She asked me to do the wedding. I went over and happily did the wedding for her. But, but while I was there, I spent time with four or five different pastors, friends of mine, and we're you know, talking about the ministry and what's going on. And um, the reason I'm bringing this up is because when you go to a place like London, you have 10 million people. Everything's very much... Uh, exaggerated. It's it's a concentration of sin. You just see the need so much more clearly. Plus, you're in a situation where you don't have the kinds of things that we have, like many, many churches in the area. You know, we have so many great churches in Orange County, don't we? So many that believe the Bible, that preach God's word. You know, let me tell you, in the United Kingdom, in Europe, across the channel there, churches like what we are accustomed uh, to and familiar with and expect, uh, they are few and far between. They hardly even exist. It's, it's very difficult to find them. I was talking to a friend this week who is a theological student, and they were telling me that none of their uh, peers or most of their professors, none of them really believe that in the creation account in Scripture. None of them believe that there is a literal hell. Most of them have never shared their faith or led anyone to Christ. And these are people who are training for future leadership in the church. And you hear that stuff and you're just thinking, Lord, help, have mercy on us. Do something. And so it just reminded me of how intentional we need to be in our day to recognize that we are on a mission. That's what we're doing here in the world. We're we're on a mission. We're not here to settle down and get comfortable and live happily ever after. That, that's not what we're here to do. We are on a, a mission to advance the word of God. And every one of us have a, 
a role to play in that. A young girl who was here this morning, a mission team from Seattle, passing through. They're on their way to Mexico. They came this morning, and they were here at the church. And as we finished up, she walked out. She had tears in her eyes, and she said, I I just feel like God's calling me to be involved in planting a church. Would you pray for me? And of course, I prayed for her. And I thought, yes, Lord, that's great. And she's got the right idea that God's calling us to do the work of the kingdom. So here are five things. I'll go through them fairly quickly here. But it starts with this. We need to pray faithfully. We need to pray faithfully. And here we see that that they went to prayer. Now, we already mentioned the fact that they didn't have a ton of faith, obviously, because when Peter was delivered, they were surprised. But they knew what to do. They, They looked at the situation. It was dire. It was deadly. It was impossible. And they knew we've got to pray. And, you know, that's what we must do as well. As we look at the the situation around us, it's dire. It's crazy where the world is today. And, you know, there used to be places of sanity that you could kind of escape the madness. And you you could look over somewhere else and go, oh, yeah, those people are crazy over there. But we're, we're doing great here. Well, you know, there aren't many places like that that you can find today. It's, it's a mad, mad, mad world. And the only solution is a work of God's spirit. And one of the ways that is going to happen is through God's people praying, just like they did, for divine intervention. That's what they were praying for. God, save Peter. Get him out of this situation. And he did. And so as we look at our world, God saved people. So praying faithfully, committing ourselves to praying faithfully. Secondly, supporting sacrificially. Now, in the bigger context of the story here, you know, this is set between Barnabas and Saul leaving Antioch to go to Jerusalem with a financial gift to help the Jerusalem church. And The story ends, verse 25, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry. They also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. So this story is sandwiched between this journey by Barnabas and Saul, but it was a journey to assist the church in Jerusalem financially. And there was sacrifice that was made in order for that to be done. And listen, Ministry, it cost money. It cost to plant a church. It cost to do an outreach. It cost to disciple. All of those things have a cost. God has designed things that through his people sacrificially giving, the work of the ministry is going to advance. But I want you to think about the word sacrificially. Because that's what we're doing. We are giving up things that we might normally hang on to and even want to hang on to, but we're giving up those things. We're giving up those finances because we believe in the work of God. And we understand that this is how the word of God advances. And so we give. Not everybody is a person who goes and does the work. Some people send others to go and do the work. 
So again, after service this morning, there was a guy, and I know this guy and his wife, and they were waiting for me patiently. And when I finished up talking to somebody, they said, hey, we want to do something. We want to do, you're talking about that. Our hearts are burning for that. We can't go anywhere, but you know, we've got some money. We want to give to some kind of a work like what you're talking about to, to spread God's word. And I said, great. Praise the Lord. I know a bunch of different projects that we could talk about and pray about. But this is what we need to do. We need to support the work of God, and we do that by sacrificial giving. Thirdly, we need to prepare ourselves, and we need to be diligent about it. Preparing ourselves, meaning that since the goal is the um, advancement of the word of God. And when it says the word of God grew or it increased and multiplied, what that means is that the influence of God's word was greater and greater over people's lives. Now, the way people get influenced through God's word is by people who have been influenced by God's word. So for us who have come under the influence of God's word, we don't want to settle with just a, a surface kind of an understanding of God's word. No, we want to go and and dig in deep and we want to know what the scripture says because this is what changes lives. This is what brings about new life. This is what heals families and, and restores broken relationships and puts communities back together. It's the word of God that does that. And we are the instruments that God wants to use So we must prepare ourselves diligently. Paul, again, later writing to Timothy, a young man, he said, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, one who can rightly divide the word of truth. He says to Timothy, be diligent. Put forth strong effort in preparing yourself for the things that God wants to do. We, that means that we have to shut out certain distractions. That means that we have to say no to some things so we can have the, those opportunities to build ourselves up in our faith. And we have many opportunities to do that. We have many ways to do that. But all of those things mean nothing unless we actually engage it ourselves. And so that brings me to Point number four, and that is we are to engage wholeheartedly. We are not to go about our Christian lives half-heartedly. I mean, if there's anything that the scripture emphasizes, it's, it's with our whole heart. The 119th Psalm, David wrote that Psalm. It's the longest Psalm. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. And So many times in that psalm, David makes reference to a whole heart. Lord, help me to seek you with with a whole heart. Help me, Lord, to observe your word with all of my heart. And he just goes on and on with that. But that's the way we are to approach our preparation and our involvement in ministry with a whole heart. Giving ourselves entirely to the advancement of God's kingdom. That's, That's why we're here. That's the purpose of the church. And all of the other stuff we do is incidental. It really is. 
you know, our, our jobs, our careers, those kinds of things. They're things that we do, and they're wonderful things, and they're things that God calls us to do. But our ultimate objective and goal is to advance God's kingdom. And so we are to give ourselves wholeheartedly to that. And then fifthly, we need to step out confidently. We need to take steps of faith. And one of the things that kind of troubles me today is that it just seems that there is um, a reluctance on the part of people to, to take steps of faith. Or there's, there's not really a desire to put oneself at risk and just say, you know, I, I'm going to trust the Lord for this. But unless we do that, nothing will change. Nothing, nothing's going to happen. We have to take steps of faith. I have to admit, sometimes I, I look at people and I know they're, they're gifted, they're able. I know God could use them. And I think of places that they could go. And then, you know, as we talk about it, they just, well, I don't know. You know, I just don't know if I'm ready yet. Or, man, you know, things are so good here. I just love it so much. And, and I think, wow, you're just ripping yourself and, and other people off. Because God wants to do so much more. So we have to step out and have confidence that God is with us. God's going to call us to do things. And he's going to equip us to do them. He's going to enable us so we can have the confidence that since God called me, God is going to do this. I was talking to a friend yesterday, and we're talking about, you know, just the idea, you know, some people are in a kind of just a continual state of preparation, and yet they never, apparently they never really get prepared because they're never really ready to take the step and go do what they've been prepared getting prepared for. And as we were talking, it just came up. You know, I remember when I was young and I went out to pastor a church at the age of 26 and people asked me then, and people will ask me now and looking back on that, were you ready to do that at that point? And the answer is, well, no, I wasn't ready, but apparently God was ready for me to go do it. So it, I, I could have I could have thought of a hundred different things that I could have grown more in or learned this better or, you know, I, there was always areas that I could improve in and uh, I could, you know, was I ready? No, I wasn't ready, but God was ready. He said, go. And so we can sit around waiting to get ready and miss the boat. We have to take a step of faith. We have to step out. And every one of us have areas where God's going to call us to steps of faith. Because guess what? The just shall live by faith. This is, this is our life. It's not just the life of a missionary or the life of a pastor or you know somebody. It's the life of a Christian. It's a life of faith. It's a life of trusting God. It's a life of taking steps. It, it, and you know what faith is? Faith is when you don't see the means or you, it doesn't make sense. It just seems like this can't possibly be because I'm so inadequate. But nevertheless, the, the, the conviction, the sense that God is pushing you in a direction is, is strong that you just say, okay, Lord, I'm just going to do it. 
That's what faith is. And a lot of times people are, they're waiting for too much. They're expecting more than God's gonna give. God's given enough information. He's saying, okay, you gotta act now. I always think of Abraham. God calls him, get out of your country and away from your family to a place that I will show you. God doesn't show him first. God shows him after he takes the first steps. See, sometimes it's very ambiguous. It's, it's vague. It's, I, I don't really know. But you just have this conviction. And you're not going to know until you move on the conviction that you have. And then when you take the step, then the next step will become clearer. But you see, some people are sitting around waiting. They, they want the whole picture. Lord, just spell it out for me. Lord, just put all the money in my bank account so I, you know, it's, it's all going to be fine. And then I'll get out there and do it for you. You know what? It doesn't work that way. That is not what the life of faith looks like. So we are to step out and, again, confidently, because if God is calling us, then we can be sure that he will be faithful to enable us to do what he is calling us to do. Now, in closing, I just, I just want to bring it back around. The chapter begins, again, with, with the opposition and with Herod. And yet we're reminded through this story that kings and kingdoms rise and fall. Powerful evil men come and they go, but the word of God will continue to increase and multiply. You know, if you want to just think for a moment about all of the dictators, all the tyrants, all of the oppressive people that have come and gone, and there will be more that will come, but they will go as well. But what will not change is God's eternal plan and purpose to establish the kingdom of his son over the entire universe. That's what we're part of. That's what we're engaged in. And so we look at those forces that might be against us. We look at those obstacles and we realize that, well, yes, they're real and they're threatening and they're potentially harmful, but we're serving the living God who divinely intervenes in the lives of his people to accomplish his ultimate goal and purpose. So let's be who we're supposed to be in our time. This, this is our time. We're, we're, this is our generation. We're, we're here to make a difference for the kingdom of God. We're here to see the word of God increase and multiply. And that's going to happen when we pray faithfully, support sacrificially, prepare diligently, engage wholeheartedly, and step out confidently. Join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource. So one of my favorite books over the past couple years was a book called Confronting Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin. Fantastic book. Well, she has made sort of a children's version of the book. It's called 10 Questions Every Teen Should Ask and Answer About Christianity. 
she did such an amazing job with the Confronting Christianity book. It was actually the book of the year. I know that this one is excellent as well. So I want to encourage you, especially if you have teenage children, to pick it up for them, read it along with them. If you are a school teacher, you interact with young people and you want to know how to help them, this will be a tremendous resource. So 10 questions every teen should ask and answer about Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin, my recommendation for this month. Again, this month's resource is a book titled 10 Questions Every Teen Should Ask and Answer About Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin. You can order the book 10 Questions Every Teen Should Ask and Answer About Christianity by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it, and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book 10 Questions Every Teen Should Ask and Answer About Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin to help you equip the next generation to wrestle with the challenges raised against Christianity. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Acts. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.